This is a Discovery Church podcast. Tune in to hear from our team as we invite you to find yourself in the bigger story. To find out more about what's going on in the life of the church, head to discoverychurch.com.au. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all those who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having cancelled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. Well, g'day everyone. Welcome to Discovery Church Online and Happy New Year to you. I hope you had a great New Year celebration. Maybe you got to spend some time with friends or family. Potentially you had a quiet night at home. I know for us, oftentimes it's about getting the kids to bed and enjoying some peace and quiet. I can't remember the last time I actually saw midnight. But anyway, here I am. I wore my Happy New Year shirt. So I hope you are doing well. And I hope you've entered into 2022 with a sense sense of hope, a sense of um, expectation for what God could do in your life this 
this year. Because one thing I know that when we live into a bigger story, when we live into the kingdom of God, what he's establishing, not just in heaven, but the kingdom of God that he's establishing on earth in these days, we have incredible um, reason to be thankful, incredible reason to be hopeful, and incredible reason to be expectant for those things that God might do in your week, in your months, in the year that is ahead. And one thing I know is that no matter what's going on, God is the expert at redemption, the expert of redeeming things. And so even if 2021 didn't work out as you hoped, I want you to know that nothing is wasted, that everything is used in God's economy if you place it into his hands. Even if it's just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread, he can use it, multiply it to feed many, many people, to bless many others. And I pray that your life would be a blessing this year. We're moving on in our series called All in All, this study we're going through in the book of Colossians. And today we're talking about getting free and staying free. Getting free and staying free. Now, freedom is something that we all want. Freedom is something that we all uh, that we all aspire to live into. Freedom is something that we all love. Nobody wants to feel bound. Nobody wants to feel restricted. And yet, so often in life, we spend so many parts of our life in restriction, in bondage, in a sense of not feeling free. But it does ask the question. It poses the question: What is true freedom? What is freedom? We hear the talk all the time about people wanting to be free, about freedom being something that's really important to people's lives. But how do we stop freedom from just becoming this idea that, um, that freedom is just, well, me getting to do whatever I want? Because freedom has bounds in the sense that our freedom always affects somebody else. Our choices already always affect somebody else. And this notion of personal freedom at all, uh, at, at, at all other costs can sometimes start to feed into a sense of selfishness. We can talk about freedom and actually say freedom when really what we're talking about is just wanting to do what we want. So what does freedom actually mean? What does Paul mean when he talks about freedom? In this passage that we just read, and we are going to highlight a couple of these passages today, Paul speaks about freedom. Now, don't forget, Paul is in prison in Rome. He's never met the Colossian church that he's writing to. He's never met the Laodicean church that he's writing to, that this letter becomes a circular letter and also goes to Laodicea. His friend Epaphras has planted both the Colossian church and the Laodicean church. And so Paul the apostle is, he's bound physically. He's bound personally. In his body, he is bound, but yet we know from him that he doesn't feel bound. He lives in a great, sense of freedom. So it does have to change the way that we think about freedom when it comes to our own relationship with God. Because deep down, I think we do all aspire to live a sense of free lives, but the way that we live it is by indulging in sin. And then Paul says in, in Romans that actually indulging in sin is not freedom, it's slavery. And so how do we live free from sin? How do we live free to serve God, free to love others, free to be concerned about others, free to bless others, free to reach out to others and see the lost 
come home? How do we live in that freedom? Well, the first thing I want to say and first highlight about this passage is this. We hear this passage and we hear this book from the heart of a pastor. Listen to what Paul says here. He says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea. In the NIV, he says, I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. Paul, even though he's never met the people in Colossae, he's never met the people in Laodicea, is contending for them, struggling for them. He's praying for them. His pastor's heart is praying for them. And I want you to know at the beginning of this year, Discovery Church, no matter whether it is your, whether you live in Mount Evelyn, whether you live in Victoria, around around Australia, or even in other parts of the world, if you would consider yourself to be part of Discovery Church, Jody and I and our team are praying for you. Our deepest pastoral concern for you is that you would find yourself in a big story, in the big story, the story of Jesus Christ. Our pastoral concern, our heart for you is that you would play, even if it's even a small part, we all play a small part in the unfolding revelation of the kingdom of God as Jesus brings his kingdom from heaven to earth, as heaven and earth collide in the person of Jesus. We pray for you. We're concerned for you. We're concerned in love. We're excited for you. We want to see you flourish in 2022. We want to see you go to new levels in your faith. We want to see life in your family. We want to see life and expression and and deep friendships in your world. We want to see you live into the possibilities and the potential that you have inside the kingdom of God. We want to see you live outside of your own concerns and start living to positively impact the people around you for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what we want to see for you. That is our pastor's heart for you as we read about Paul's pastor's heart for this church in this Colossian church here. I want you to know how hard I'm contending for you. And he writes that to them to say, I'm praying for you in the midst of it is where you're at, in the midst of grappling with this heresy, this Gnostic heresy that wants to separate body and spirit, that wants to pull apart our faith and say one part's spiritual and one part's not. He's trying to bring it all together with the heart of a pastor. And so with that in mind, we want to read this passage of Scripture together. Colossians 2 verse 8. Then we're going to skip ahead and go from verse 13 to 15 as our focus passages, our focus Scripture today. He says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of the world rather than on Christ. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. God, he forgave our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us. He's taken it away and he's nailed it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. We hear those words in the cross, by the cross again today, where heaven and earth collide and where heaven and earth come together in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. We are connected here to Christ in his death 
and his resurrection. So what does this mean for us? What is it that we can pull out of this? The first one is that we're connected to Christ. When it comes to getting free and staying free, we are connected to Jesus Christ. He says, in Christ, you've been brought to fullness. So what's going on here is there is a, there is a reality that is happening right now that we, all, that we often forget. The reality is you have been connected to Jesus Christ. In him, you've been brought to fullness, he says, to the, filled to the brim, to wholeness in him. You've been brought to that place, and yet oftentimes we don't remember that. We forget that. Our eyes are blinded to it. We don't see it. We forget that it even exists, but that you are connected to him. Something powerful happens when we're connected to each other. It means that we share a destiny, we share a future, we share a story. When you're connected to somebody else, some of you who are watching today or listening on the podcast are married. And when you're connected in that way, you share a future together. And what that means is when we've been connected to Jesus Christ, the fullness that is in Jesus it means that there is fullness in you. The fullness that is in him is the fullness that is in you. Jesus said, I'd come to bring you life and life to the full. Why? Because that is Jesus' reality. He lives life and life to the full, and he wants to connect that and bring us into that same experience of fullness. We've been connected to Christ. So why do we so often live as though we're disconnected? Why do we so often live as though we're trailing behind or we're somehow floating around or orbiting outside of Jesus when we have been connected, fused, grafted together in, through, and by him? He also goes on to say that not only have we been connected to Jesus, but we are actually legally safe. What do we mean by that when we say legally safe? Well, Paul says this. He says, um, he says here in verse 13, you who were dead in your trespasses and, uh, trespasses and uncircumcision in your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven them, given them by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Now, I want you to notice a couple of things here. In the cross, Jesus has canceled our debt. He's canceled our debt. It means we were indebted to God. We'd sinned against God. I've sinned against God so often, so many times, and not just in by my actions, but by my heart attitudes and by the inclinations of my spirit. I've sinned against God. I've rebelled against him. He's canceled the debt which is amazing. Some of you know what it feels like to have your debt canceled, to feel like you owe somebody something and then all of a sudden that debt is no longer there. The sense of freedom that you feel in that moment rather than being, rather than being connected to that debt, you're now connected to that person. Some of you know what that feels like to have that debt canceled, to have it take, completely taken away. It means you're no longer enslaved to that debt or to that person, but you are now living free. I think that's great and that's amazing. But notice what he says here. Not only has he canceled the debt, but he's actually canceled, this is verse 14, by canceling the record of the debt. So he's canceled the debt. Hear this, my friends. He's canceled the debt, but he's even torn up 
burnt up the paper, the charge, the document that that debt was written on. So in fact, no longer is the debt just there but been cancelled, but the debt actually no longer even exists. The debt that you had to Christ not only has been taken away, but the, but the paper that it was written on, the charge that was written down, the document that held the record of that debt is now no longer there. No wonder you can be connected to Christ. No wonder you and I can live full lives in Him because there is no debt. It's as though the debt never even existed. Can somebody at home get excited about that? Because I'm excited about the fact that we no longer live as debtors because the charge does not exist. The charge is not there. And right now, as you're listening to this, watching this at home, whether you're away on holidays, whether you're at the caravan park, whether you're in your car, whether you're, um, whether you're somewhere else with friends, watching with families right now, I want you just to take a moment to thank Jesus that he's not only canceled the debt, but he's canceled the record of the debt. So the debt never even existed. Can somebody say amen to that? I think it's absolutely incredible. So we're legally safe in being connected to Jesus. Not only that, but in verse 15, he says we are militarily safe as well. Now, this is a strange jump to make for Paul, but he uses these two analogies side by side. He says here in verse 14, cancelling the record of debt that stood against us. So we have the image of a courtroom. And then in verse 15, he disarmed the rulers and authorities, put them to open shame, triumphing over them in him. We go from the courtroom to a battlefield. So in this image, we, we're part of an army facing an insurmountable force, facing an army that is too big, that is too strong, that is too powerful, that is too overwhelming. And I know that's how you feel when it comes to you and your sin. You feel like, oh God, I want to live for you. I want to live in your ways. I want to live in your kingdom. I want to live out of a place of discipleship and obedience to you. But the, the enemy's too big. The enemy's too great. The enemy's too overwhelming. I don't seem to be able to get any cut through against the enemy. Well, guess what? In the cross, in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. This isn't just in heaven, something for later. This is for now. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, putting them to open shame by triumphing over them in Christ. It's legally safe and militarily safe. These words here in verse 15 talk about the victor's procession. What happened in Bible times and in many ancient cultures, when an army invaded a city, as an honor and a tribute for their victory, what they would do is gather all the prisoners together, everyone they captured in that siege, in that city, uh, when they sacked that city. And as they went home, they would lead, they would lead all of the, um, the, the captors, the, the enemy, they would put them all out in front of the army and lead them in a procession. So the the uh, slaves would lead the army back to their hometown, back to where the army came from. Now, this is what Paul says Jesus has done for us. He's triumphed over the enemy. 
He's disarmed the powers and principalities. He's taken the swords out of their hands. And now in Christ, he is leading them ahead of us as we make our way home. That's what he's done. So we're legally safe. We've been connected to Jesus. And now we're militarily safe. No weapon forged against you will prosper. There is nothing that can come against you because you are safe inside of Jesus' hands, inside of the work he's done on the cross. He's triumphed over them in him. I think that's absolutely incredible. And when we're talking about getting free, this is what real freedom is. It means that no longer is the enemy able to assail you on the inside. No, able, no longer able to attack you, attack your heart, attack your spirit, because you are militarily safe. He has dis armed those powers, you can live free and you can stay free. Somebody say amen at home today. I think it's absolutely incredible. Okay, so let's apply this as we bring this to a close. To live free and to get free means we've been connected to Christ, we're, we're, we're legally safe and we're militarily safe. This is what Colossians 2 talks about. Remember, the Colossian church is being ravaged by this heresy of Gnosticism, an early form of Gnosticism, where they're saying everything in the spirit is good and everything on earth is bad. Everything that is divine is beautiful and everything that is earthly is ugly. That was the, the, the heresy. Everything supernatural is great, but everything natural needs to be done away with. He combats that by showing that heaven and earth collide in the person of Jesus Christ and that you and I are connected to Jesus, both, both on earth and in heaven, because he is the all in all. We're legally safe and militarily safe, so let's apply it. The first thing is to know who you are. The next time you're feeling assailed, next time you're feeling all bound up in your spirit, I want you to know who you are. Come back to Colossians 2. And read that passage again. When we were dead in our transgressions and sins, God made us alive with Christ. Know who you are. You've been brought to fullness in Him. This is why uh, the discipline of Scripture memorization is so powerful. Because I, you know, I don't have a very good memory. I've got a really good forgettery. And I need to remember, I need to come back to that place where I sit down and rest myself on the truth of what God says about me, not about the way that I feel about myself. I'm not going to give in to melancholy. I'm not going to give in to self-criticism. I'm not going to give in to the doubt. I'm not going to give in to that from others. I'm going to remember who I am in Christ, and I'm free in Him. And so it actually doesn't matter what happens or the way that it looks, because I can live my freedom out in every single area, every aspect of my life, I can live it out. Even if I'm in prison, even if I'm in Rome like Paul and I'm in, I'm in, I've been imprisoned in there or, and I don't feel like I, I can't get out to, to minister to these churches like what Paul's doing here as he's writing to the church in, in, in the Colossian church, he is free. Paul's free and no one's going to tell him otherwise. And so I want you to know who you are. Secondly, I want you to know whose you are. When you're feeling not free, when you're feeling assailed on every side, not only is it important to know who you are, 
But knowing who we are comes from knowing whose we are. And we are God's. You are Jesus's. You are his. You've been, you've been formed. You've been created. You have now been redeemed. And you are in covenant relationship with him. I redeemed you. I call you by name, child. You are mine. That is what Jesus says. You are his beloved. You are his we're not our own. Remember Paul says in, in, the, in, the, in the book of Corinthians, you've been bought with a price. You've been bought with a price. You've been bought with the price of Jesus' blood, which means we can now honor God with what? Honor God with our bodies. Honor God with our lives. Honor God with our conversations. Honor God with our actions. Honor God with our finances. Honor God in every area of our lives because we are His. We've been created, formed, now twice owned, created as children of God, made in his image, but now redeemed back into relationship with God as well. So know who you are, know whose you are, and thirdly, remember what he's done. I want you to remember this passage as we went through verse 13 to 15, in the cross, at the cross, in the cross, over and over again, that is what he's done. You will never get a better picture of what Jesus has done and the way that he loves you by looking at the cross. He is both fully God and fully man. He satisfied the demands of our sin by dying on our behalf, but he's also satisfied his own sonship to the Father by being completely obedient, completely after the God's will, knowing what he has done. My friends, I want you to live free. I want you to get free and stay free. And the way we get free and stay free is by knowing who we are in Christ, by knowing whose we are, being his, and knowing what he's done in the cross. My friends, I love you so much. Our pastor's heart, Jody and I, are concerned for you in the best possible way. We love you. We want this year to be the best year we've ever had. And I believe it. I believe God is working right now behind the scenes in so many different areas and ways that you and I can't see. He's working things together for good. His, his kingdom is advancing forcefully. His word is not chained. We love serving God alongside you in this community. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us on this Discovery Church podcast. Now go and find yourself in the bigger story.